Hello and welcome to the very first inaugural edition of Invest Advisors Money in 30 podcast. My name is Jeremy Torgerson. I am the CEO and senior IAR here at Invest Advisors, and I want to welcome you. Um, this particular podcast is going to feel kind of nuts and bolts because we'll make it pretty as we go. But we wanted to make sure that technically we were good and also wanted to get our uh, our podcast out there in the world to start getting some feedback from you about co- what kinds of financial subjects you'd like us to cover. Um, today, I just thought I would talk a little bit about who Invest Advisors is, uh, a little bit about myself as a financial advisor and our, and our uh, operating philosophy that comes from both my experience and uh, the mission statement and values of Invest Advisors. So bear with me. I hope we'll have a good, good few minutes today. The podcast is called Money in 30, and we usually will hold about a 30-minute uh, podcast at the most, t- talking about a variety of either financial subjects that are coming up, current news events, or the possibility, at least, of questions coming in from some of our listeners. So if you have a question, I would love to hear from you. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Invest Advisors, first of all. Invest Advisors was actually began uh, in October of this year, 2015, after about seven and a half years as a financial advisor with both my own firm and also with a large regional uh, brokerage firm, a wirehouse firm, um, I formed Invest Advisors just very recently, and there are a number of reasons for that. But let me take you backwards first. Before I was a financial advisor, my wife and I, um, and I've been married for 22 years in about a month, uh, my wife Carrie and I were small business owners in Colorado. We owned two restaurants and a large independent video store back when those things existed. Yes, kids, video stores really did exist at one point. Um, but we had a large, about 35,000 title video store. It was one, I think, the second biggest in the state from what we could find. And um, the uh, two restaurants were mostly Italian food, primarily pizza. So we had a, uh, a robust business. I ran the two restaurants day to day, and she ran the video store, and also was, that allowed her to be home with our kids more often. So we worked very, very hard for almost a decade. We didn't take vacations. Um, we didn't uh, do much but just run our businesses. And one of the things that we learned over that time was how little we understood about the financial side of running a business. We knew the operations. We even learned very, very well how to market. Yeah, eventually, it took us a while. Um, how to, you know, do competitive analysis. How to do all of those things. But one thing we really were missing was the tax and financial savvy to uh, take full advantage of being small business owners. And it wasn't until after we were paying sometimes in some quarters more in taxes than we were bringing home in revenue, in, in profit, that I began to wonder if maybe we were not getting the best advice we could get. So I started to do a lot of research on tax deductions for small businesses, on business structure even, whether you know an LLC is better, uh, than a sole proprietorship, which is better than an S-corp, and should you be taxed as a partnership instead of as a, uh, as a C-corp. All of these things that really I really had relied on bookkeepers and accountants to tell us these things. Um, not only did we not get those fundamental questions answered correctly, but we didn't even get many of the deductions that we were entitled to figured out. So over the years, we figured out we've paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably more in taxes than we needed to. And unfortunately, the rule is somebody told us once that the, the state 
Colorado Department of Revenue that if you are brutally honest with your reporting, um, you'll be eaten alive in taxes because the average business person does not have the, um, the money or sophistication to do battle with the tax code the way we should. So anyway, to make the long story short, about 2006, I began to realize there was a couple things happening. Number one, the video store industry was definitely on its way out. So we were already looking to exit that particular business. Um, but also, where we were in Colorado, the recession had started uh, a little early. We were in the highest foreclosure area in the United States for these subprime mortgages that later became the disaster we remember as 2008 and 2009. And um, we decided that after also seven and a half years of running these businesses and kids not seeing mom and dad and us not really having any time for family, we were burned out and we were tired and we decided to exit uh, our businesses. And uh, what I knew for sure I wanted to do after that was to do something with investing. I knew that there had to be a market to help other small businesses because we were, I think, pretty, pretty sophisticated and pretty smart about how we ran our businesses. And we still never tripped across this information. Even hiring pros, they never once mentioned a 401k to us. They never once mentioned a SEP IRA. Um, it was just cranking out the tax return for this quarter. You know, when I would argue about how much we were, we were supposedly paying, uh, he would just shrug his shoulders and say, well, that's what the numbers show. And we were given no guidance. I think that's the biggest thing that I would say. So I started out down this financial uh, path as an FA, um, with the agenda to help small business owners navigate their way through that. And I've been blessed over the years since I've become a financial advisor to help small businesses in many ways. Uh, there's a fantastic organization that is sponsored and run by the Small Business Administration, the SBA, uh, called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. And if you look them up, their website is score.org. I was very, very proud and privileged to be a, not only a member of a, of a chapter, but it is, uh, I was vice chairman and eventually chairman of the Rio Grande Valley chapter of SCORE, which is a small business uh, executive um, mentorship program where we take either startup businesses or struggling businesses and mentor them through either the initial process of getting going towards solvency or in a turnaround situation where we might help a small business survive. Also, we did a lot with um, helping them obtain government contracts and various lending and, and that kind of thing. So as we gonna go forward here, that was my initial belief is that I would always be a small business financial advisor, that I would be working mostly with small businesses and definitely my heart is with small businesses. Folks, if you have not been a small business owner, it's easy to uh, discount how much work and how much pain and effort and blood, sweat, and tears go into being a small business owner. But I got to tell you, um, man, w when you get together in a room full of small business owners, folks, we know each other. And we've laid awake at night. We know what it is to be the last person in your company that receives a paycheck. We know what it's like to be the only one that's called when there's a disaster. We know what it's like to, to lay awake at night trying to figure out uh, how to how to make all the bills meet while you're waiting on a on a contract to pay off. Small business owners know uh, there's an awful lot to it, 
much, much more than what it looks like from the outside, from an employee's point of view. So my heart is always with them. And if you are a small business owner, may God bless you in everything you're attempting to do because it is a tremendously difficult thing to struggle against major corporations and major competition in the world of small business. So on that note, I want to just move forward a little bit and talk to you guys about um, how Invest Advisors evolved. When I first got started, though, they always said in this business, you need to make sure you're trained well. So I hunted down and agreed to take a, um, I guess, uh, well, I don't want to call it a mentorship because I expected to spend my career there, but I, I joined a large regional firm. Um, they gave me training. I was committed to a three-year uh, contract with them so that they, their training, it would basically it would be worth their time to, to train me. Um, but very early in, I think it's hard after you've been a small business owner um, to go back and play in the sandbox as an employee again. So very early in, I began to realize that I was going to probably need to be self-employed in order to be fulfilled in this for a couple reasons. Number one, even though I became a financial advisor in a major firm, my mission in my heart was always to work for my clients exclusively, passionately, without any conflict of interest. I wanted to be uh, a client advocate. And so, and let me say this, that's in conflict many times when you have a financial advisor who is an employee of a major firm. And here's why. It's not that the advisor is necessarily a bad person, but that firm expects a certain amount of revenue and those advisors are on production quotas, pretty significant ones, and they usually ramp up over time. So I started out um, going gung-ho looking for clients. I found several small business owner clients, but I also, in the course of marketing, you pick up your average retired person or, especially in those days, in 2007, 2008, we had a lot of clients that came over who used to be CD buyers at the bank when you could get 4% on your savings and, and here you are retired trying to live on your your interest that you earn from your retirement savings and the retirement savings you were getting 4% at the bank drops to zero that suddenly they, they needed something or they were going to eat through their, their savings. So um, for many of my early clients they were retirees looking for alternative ways to get interest on their um, their in retirement savings money. So they went from CDs to things like municipal bonds or um, corporate or government bonds. But one thing really stood out in my mind as why I needed to make a change. There was an 83-year-old client who came in. She had $30,000 that she used to have at the bank and she was now earning less than a half a percent on that she needed some additional interest. And so I looked at a couple of options for her. And I still remember um, I could find her a couple of municipal bonds earning about 6%. At the time, it was really great. And they could buy them, she could buy them at a discount. Um, and the firm's total markup, I think, was going to be about a percent and a quarter. So the, the firm would make about a 1 at 1.25% on $30,000. And um, I went to present this to her and I was met with some resistance by the firm and the firm um, they call them uh, I guess like not supervisors but somebody who's just watching your business and helping you develop it in the early years 
came to me and said, well, why don't you use something instead called a unit investment trust? And it's basically what those are is a collection of bonds, um, professionally selected, 15 to 30 bonds, something like that, that um, the client can buy into, um, which their argument was, well, it's greater diversification. The client has access instead of being in two or three bonds, their money is spread out over 15 to 30. But what I realized was in the unit investment trust, the um, number one, the firm was revenue sharing with the unit investment trust company and not disclosing that very fully. But the other thing was instead of charging that client about 1.25%, the firm was trying to get me to charge her about four and a half. So we were going to go from something about a $400 commission total to something over 12 for that same 83-year-old client. And I guess I realized as long as the company is going to stand behind me and make uh, those kinds of recommendations kind of with a, with a real severe wink and a, and a hand on my shoulder, that I was never going to be able to be free to fully and um, impartially serve my client, which is what I came to the business to do. So on the very first day I could, at the three-year mark, I went independent. And I did it to f eliminate much of the conflict of interest that I see prevalent in our business. So that was the first change. We went from an, from a, an employee advisor, I went to an independent financial advisor doing business as a company called Palo Alto Investments here in Brownsville, Texas. And that started in August of 2011. Um, most, for the most part, the business kind of continued as, as it was. I was still serving both commission and fee-based clients. I had both licenses. Um, I was still doing some insurance business and just continuing business the way I had originally been trained. I think over the next few years of evolution as a small business owner, as I began to become more versed in the investment world and certainly more exposed to things that my previous firm had not let me be uh, in touch with very often, gave me the chance to see that I needed to make one more evolutionary step in the business going forward. So for the next four years, Palo Alto Investments grew. We began to take a lot of referral clients over the years. And the biggest difference um, over time came in our investing philosophy. So the first thing I noticed uh, that I started to realize we needed to change was the way that the industry had taught us as advisors about how to build your models, your, how to build your portfolios. Let me give you an example. If somebody came to me in 2009 and said, you, I'm a middle-of-the-road investor. I want to be 50-50. Just give me, I want middle, middle risk. Well, we were trained probably for 75 years before I ever got in the industry that a 50-50 investor would mean you put 50% of their money into stocks of some collection of stocks and 50% into bonds. And bonds meaning government treasuries and municipals and corporates and everything you could do. But you definitely want 50% of growth and 50% in fixed interest of some sort. And that was probably great for 75 or 80 years until, until bonds began to cause all of the world's problems. And the last two recessions have been bond related. And if you even looked at this year, all of our stock market movements and um, our everyone's fear about the Fed has to do with debt. 
So I began to realize that we used to use debt for safety in a client's account, and that was no longer going to be the case. That, that the, what we were trained was safe is actually causing all of the world's problems now. So the investing world had changed. And unfortunately, because the average age of a financial advisor is approaching 60 now, I don't think most of these old dogs wanted to learn a new trick. Well, that was not my, my thing. I just turned 44 last week. So I'm a fairly young financial advisor and we want to stay relevant and we want to stay current in terms of what our clients need us to do with our money. So in 2013, I began to explore some different models um, for some of our clients. And I literally asked a few, I want a guinea pig with your life savings. Would you please let me put together some new models? We'll do it as a fee-based account so they're not paying commissions. And I want to explore changing my models from let's say 50% stocks and bonds for a middle-of-the-road investor to 50% stocks and just 50% what I now call not stocks, which are sometimes bonds, but also there's many, many other alternative investments we've begun to add into that uh, collection, like real estate, managed futures, some commodities, um, goodness, some currencies, uh, mergers and acquisitions, a number of things that are not related and do not correlate to the performance of the stock market, but they also have nothing to do with this debt burden that is hanging across the globe right now that is causing so many of the world's headaches. So evolving our investing philosophy was the first step in making me realize I wanted to change. The last thing that really made me decide at the beginning of this year to make a change to go from commission or fees to a fee-only business had to do with um, some research that I was starting to see in our trade papers about this new phenomenon called robo-advisors. And if you haven't seen them yet or heard about this yet, we've written a couple blog posts on our website, investadvisors.com, that explains what robos are and how they are important or unimportant to your investing lifestyle as an, as an average investor. So here's, let me give you, take you back a little bit and tell you why I did this. Um, I'm going to tell you my Netflix story real quick. But when we were running our video store and we were um, working very hard at that industry, about 2001, my wife came in the door with our mail and she had a postcard advertising this new little company called Netflix. And she asked me if this was going to be some sort of a threat to our video store business and would I look into it. And so I spent a couple of days researching Netflix and, and getting on the different chat forums to talk with other video store owners, getting their take on it. And most of them felt the same way that I did at the time. And I thought, this was literally what I thought, how stupid is this idea? It's a terrible idea. Who would wait three days to get a movie in the mail when you could go down to the video store and have it in 15 minutes. No one would do this. That's crazy. I mean, I literally sat and thought, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. And then you got to mail it back? That's nuts. So then I got on the chat forums to make sure that I was not just, you know, verifying or patting myself on the back. I wanted to make sure that other, other people in this industry felt the same way and sure enough everyone no no that's nuts that's just a trend it's a fad it's not going to stay my wife to her credit told me when i came back to her and said no honey this is a joke it's no big deal she said no 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 i think i think things are this could be a serious threat to us in fact she even prophesied that she said within 10 years which would have been like 2011ish 
Um, she says, I bet we'll have the ability to just, just download the movie directly. You won't even need a disc. You'll be able to just watch it. And again, I thought, well, that's, that's dumb. Who wants to sit on their little computer screen and watch a, a movie? I mean, she's, she said, no, no, no. There'll be like a box or something that goes on your TV. And I mean, I had no idea not only how fast that technology could revolutionize an industry, but how, how, uh, how utterly an, uh, technology could annihilate what was and replace it with something new. And so about 18 months ago, now that I'm a financial advisor, as I flip through the various trade newspapers and magazines that come across our desks, I start seeing articles for what are called robo-advisors, and they are a question of are, are they a threat to our industry? And as I read and I start to look at the comments and the feedback from financial advisors who are saying, no, of course people won't use a robo-advisor. They need us. They need us. They need our relationship with us. They need our expertise. They need my, my uh, superior knowledge and my hand-holding ability. And the, but the question is, could a robo-advisor manage a client's account for much, much cheaper than a human advisor, and will the client come out okay? And when I saw the reaction of the people in the industry, the just flat-out denial about how much technology could change their industry, and when you pair that with the average age of the average financial advisor approaching 60, and most of these guys do not want to learn a new trick, they want to keep doing it the way they've done it since the 1980s, it made me realize that this industry is about to make another major change. Technology is about to revolutionize financial services forever. And I needed to be make sure that this time my firm was not fighting the future and resisting the change, but instead we were on the forefront of helping the change happen. So Invest Advisors came about as a result of seeing the changes that technology could make for the betterment of our clients that I wanted to make sure we took advantage of. So one of the things that we haven't even rolled out yet officially, we've got the website and some very little talk about um, an account. The one big argument people have against robo-advisors is that human beings are human beings and you're going to make emotional mistakes with money and the machine is not going to be able to stop you from doing that. So you do need a human advisor to do some hand-holding, but the back office management of your account will often be handled faster, more efficiently, and much lower cost by a machine. So at Invest Advisors, I wanted to make sure that we utilize the, the robo to watch the accounts 24 hours a day, seven days a week, making the account changes we need to make, and having instructions from the human advisor of what to do if X, Y, or Z happens. All of that is part of our, of our internal software. But, but I still believe clients will want at least every once in a while the outset of the relationship and then every so often I want a human to give me the thumbs up, yeah, you're doing a great job. Or no, we need to make some changes. So we've incorporated a lot more technology into Invest Advisors than I have ever had in either of my previous uh, incarnations as a financial advisor. So that's sort of how some of the change of Invest came about. Now who are we going to be best for? Well, if you are not tech savvy or you are you know, from the generation that says, I, I don't even want to get on Facebook or I don't want to look, it's going to be, we can still work with clients like you, but it's not set up to be optimal for clients like you. We want to move at the speed of light the way the investment world does. 
We want to be able to get you information quickly. Um, most of our clients grant us discretionary trading authority now, which is new. Discretion means that you let us make the investment, the day-to-day -day investment decisions for you after you give us the framework of, of you say I want to be a growth investor or I'm a moderate investor or something like that. Once you give me the sandbox to play in, you let me as the advisor pick the individual investments and the timing of those buys and sells to accomplish your goal. So that's some of the changes we've made along the way and I hope that that makes more sense and I'll expound upon those in later podcasts. The, um, so who are we for? Well, I'm 44. I set up the company in my own image and likeness. So I sort of assumed that we would be for clients probably 10 years above me and younger or tech savvy, even older retirees, folks who are not afraid of getting their statements online, who are, are, are comfortable with portals, things like that. Definitely, definitely we're set up for younger people than me. Um, the Gen X, Gen Y, and even Millennials. I think you're going to enjoy Invest Advisors a great deal. It's certainly set up for the future of investing, not for the past. Um, we're also not interested really in client money if you are here to speculate or you are here to trade regularly. If you are, uh, we want the, we are, we are, let me say it this way. We're a firm for serious, I can't lose this, long-term investment money. And so if you have the desire to uh, day trade or, or watch CNBC and then buy, 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 and then sell, sell, sell tomorrow, that's not the right firm for, we're not the right firm for you. You can do that significantly cheaper at a place like Scott Trade or Trade King, then you can do it here. But if you want serious guidance with professional, and in many cases, very high tech account management behind the scenes, well, we're looking for not just ways to get you return, but also ways that we can reduce the drag on your return by lowering our costs, by making things like tax loss harvesting efficient, those kinds of things that we're working on internally. Um, then we're the right firm at least to take a good look at. The other thing that I'd advise you to do before you sign with any financial advisor is make sure they disclose their fees fully to you. There should be no ambiguity about how your financial advisor is paid. Um, so make sure that you understand if the advisor is receiving commission or if your product is, is subject to a surrender charge of some sort. Invest Advisors did away with all of that. That was probably the third thing I changed in the firm was to switch from working either on commission or for a client's fee to just fee only. So we are a fee only investment firm. We have a tier of fees depending on your account size and the level of engagement you want with a human advisor. Um, but I think you're going to enjoy the variety. We've certainly given you enough area that if you just want to go cheap with just you know minimal contact with an advisor, we can do that through our new InvestMe accounts. Or if you want this traditional advisor-run account where I'm managing a portfolio of your stocks or we're managing your 401k rollover, we can do that as well. I think our prices are very, very competitive, and uh, I'm very proud of the fact that they're transparent the way they are. So what are the kind of services, again, like that we said, we do a lot of, of uh, small business 401k, SEP IRAs, we do 403Bs, a lot of 403Bs. Um, we do a lot of IRA and retirement accounts. Um, and we do some, some normal you know, investment or speculative brokerage accounts too, but not that often. This is a firm mostly for the serious money that you really can't afford to lose and you really need to have it there and have it, have it had grown correctly 
uh, 15 or 20 years from now. So if, if it's play money, you can do it cheaper elsewhere. And you can probably still get advice from us and other places about how to play, play with that money. But we don't want to play with your money. We want to do something serious with it. I hope that this first podcast, which is actually right about 30 minutes now, um, was helpful and informative. I hope it gives you a little bit of a flavor for the people behind the money. Uh, but I'd love to hear from you. So I'd love to put out my email address if you want to send me a question directly. I am jtorgerson at investadvisors.com. You can also go directly to the investadvisors.com webpage. Click under uh, Engage Us and then Contact Us. There's a contact link as well. Um, you can also follow Invest Advisors on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Google+. Good Lord, are there any others? I don't think there's any others, but there may be, and I'll have to put that up there if there is. But feel free to follow us wherever on social media that you like to get your information, and we'll be happy to, uh, to engage you. More importantly, give us feedback. We'd love to hear if there's a financial subject or topic you'd like us to discuss. Thank you so much for participating in this first podcast. I hope to hear from you soon. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.